Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Yona Pod. It is I, Evan, no longer a newcomer. Newcomer? Wow. No longer a newcomer, just a fan of all things Yona of the Dawn, joined always by my lovely co host. Hello, I'm Alex. That was a really interesting way you introduced us, and I, I enjoyed it. Thank um, you. I, I tried have... something new. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I just also felt the need to make fun of you for it, but like in a nice way. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's what our friendship is built on. So all good what things. A core. Um, yeah, I read everything, but now that's not interesting or um, unique because you've also read everything. So, um, yeah, we had more than because you're like you're like plugged into. I think the like message boards and the general discourse that is happening. Yeah, sort of. I mean, like I'm I'm on a couple discords that discuss it, but you've got a better finger on the pulse than I do. They're really not active. I feel like the place that's most active is Twitter. Twitter, good old Twitter. Anyway. So, <laughs> do you have any any uh, general anime news or anything you wanted to share before we dive into these fab chapters? I don't believe I do. There is something that I mentioned <laughs> the last recording, and I was like, remind me to bring it up again, but I can't bring it up until next week. So, putting a pin in that one. Okay. Uh, you also, did you want to reshare? I know you shared it on Tumblr, but you had a good comment about the Jiha and Yona scene after we recorded. Yes, I will share that one. Yeah, I had like a day late, which does not help anybody. But I was thinking that like their reunion scene was really sweet and kind of echoes one of their first meetings because he was surprised that she broke down and he was like yeah of course she's not going to be strong all the time she's only 16 and she's hit her limit but like on the cliffs when she was trying to find the chansu plant she was freaking out and he was like you can just give up and she like refused and he was like she's just a young girl like why is she so strong right now so aside from my thoughts on (laughs) she's just a weak little girl why is she so strong like um I like that it has turned their relationship because he knows her now has turned from like, I I don't expect her to be strong because she's such a young girl into I'm surprised that she can be, she can still be weak, even though she is, or because she is, you know, a young girl. So yeah, it's just like a really, yeah, it's a really nice little like um, friendship arc for them they're good yeah these have been really good jiha chapters they have okay now that we're deep into it the reason that i don't really like gija and well no my problem with most of the dragons, Jiha gets the most, I think, like, character development and things to do 
and I think he is like the most interesting of the four, but yeah, my main issue with Gija is that he just like he doesn't really grow. He just sort of stays static after that first initial arc of being like, Oh, I was sheltered and now I have to learn how to not be sheltered. And like he has fun things that he does, and it is more entertaining to like see him in this read through but yeah that is that's my complaint about them and why i started out saying i don't like Gija. so that's my reasoning gotcha. uh, to an extent you know it, it happens with sheena too but i just like him because he's a sweet boy yeah i was gonna say i don't necessarily mind it with Gija because i like him to begin with so if he just does more of the same that's fine with me um and I do, I guess you could call it almost, at least for me, a nice echo of his role in the story. Um, because he, he want, from the get-go, wanted to dedicate his whole life to Yona. So this idea that he doesn't need to necessarily go on this like self-search or do any self-growth because he's just supporting her anyway. Um but then from my point of view, it's he wanted to do this thing and then he's doing it. There's like, that's it. Good for him. There's no conflict. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying about I like him. So I just want to see him do his thing, which makes perfect sense. And also, I do want to say that I understand that not every character has to be dynamic. And he does go through a character arc of sorts. Um, so he's not exactly static, but... I mean, it's unavoidable. Like, some characters just are static. Yeah, well, this cast of characters, we're, we're not going to be able to give everybody an arc. But, yeah, I see what you're, you're saying, though, yeah. that because of that, he's always going to be less interesting to you. That's fair. Exactly. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Um, I just don't, like, I don't vibe with Jihad's personality, so that's my issue with him. But he does get, I think, the most, like, juicy character arc of everyone. Hmm. Anyway, now that we're deep enough, I wanted to share. Um, and you have things to share as well. I do have things to share. Or did you want to save that to the end? Oh, oh, the song thing? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to talk about it right here after we got to it, after we talk about her, Yona's lines here. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then we're going to have a song thing later. <laughs> yeah, it's what brought it up. Cool. Okay, well, then other than my thing, you don't have a thing yet. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into cool. it. Okay. Chapter 121, Since That Day. The chapter opens with an incredibly sad internal monologue from Yona. Over the image of Hawk and Suwan working in tandem to save Lily, Yona thinks, I was so mesmerized. Hawk, Suwan, if you had wound up on the same side, would there be any limit to what you could accomplish? So why did things wind up the way that they are? Uh, it's the great tragedy of Yona of the Dawn. Yeah. Hawk and, and Suwan are the perfect team. And they are not on the same side. Ugh. Devastating. But this is what started the song, song thing. Because she asked, 
why did things wind up the way they are? And then fucking Haley Williams from Paramore whispered, I'm not going to try and sing it. How did we get here? (laughs) And then I was jettisoned back to high school when the Twilight movie was coming out. And Decode honestly had nothing to do with the storyline, but they were just kind of going for emo vibes. It occurred to me after looking up Decode by Paramore again, that it is the perfect song uh, for Yona with regard to Suwon. So I know we've mentioned it before. We do need to start a playlist for the songs that we've mentioned on this pod. I know we've got uh, some Contagious. You've got that Hakiona song that you've mentioned. Um, <laughs> Your little song. <laughs> Your little song. I didn't mean it like that. but <laughs> No, it's okay. Uh, Morningside by Sarah Bareilles. I really do not yes. blame you. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. So here's another one, but the song is, uh, you know, how did we get here when I knew when I used to know you so well? Uh, and then that sort of anger she feels for him too. You know. Uh, you think that I can't see what kind of man you are if you're a man at all. Uh, and But she still wants to believe in the good in him. And towards the end, you have, um, there's something I see in you. It might kill me. I want it to be true. And then the rest of the song works too. But those are like the core moments of like, this is Yona thinking about Suwon. Yeah. So I hope there is... Um, overlap between twilight fans ironic or non-ironic i don't care (laughs) (laughs) we're certainly on the ironic side uh so yeah so twilight fans yona fans go re-listen to decode and have feelings about yona there are i'm sure there's an overlap yeah I feel like you couldn't escape the early aughts without at least seeing Twilight. I know. It, it happens against one's will a lot of the time. It, it does. And sometimes you seek it out because they're very quiet movies and it's kind of nice to just have them on the background. Yeah. Not that I'm admitting to anything. <laughs> but yeah, so this this scene with the great tragedy of Yona reminded me of that. Um Yeah. Even Yona knows she's tragic. She she's watching this with like tears in her eyes, and then at the end of it, she like finally lets the tears from the last chapter fall, and she's yeah. crying again. It's like she's already opened that that door with Jiha a few, you know, maybe an hour ago, like half an hour ago, whatever mm-hmm. it was. However long it took them to get back, because I have no idea what geography looks like at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's crying again. Oh, speaking of crying again, I do like that it's a consistent character trait that she cries after everything's over. She's like, okay, things worked out and everything is fine. I can relax now. Here come the tears because Lily's been saved. Yes. Uh, The last time this happened was after Hawk and Suwon's confrontation in the Water Tribe when he smiled and she was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) He's going to be okay. Uh, I love that about her. Because I get it, too. It's like being able... Because I've done that too. I can be out of necessity, calm in a really stressful situation. But the second 
there's like a moment to just like decompress or like, I don't need to be strong for anybody else. It's like, okay, we're done. <laughs> and we're done. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I always, I really like it when Yona does it because I'm like, I feel like probably most people can relate to this. Yeah. Where you're like, you have a goal to accomplish. And once that's done, you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> I have to be extremely emotional. Mm-hmm. And I do like that she lets that out too, because I think um, I mentioned compartmentalizing. So I, we see Suwan compartmentalize a stu- stuff a lot as well, but I don't think he lets himself have that moment. Oh, or he yeah. lets himself feel the emotions or give um, credit to them or anyway, which he might be incapable. We've had that discussion. We don't quite know if he's technically a sociopath or not but yeah um that's a good point she does let herself feel these emotions and it is probably what people view as a weakness yeah okay so yono wants to go to hawk but jiha says it would be dangerous for her to wade into the fray so he'll bring hawk back to her and she tells him to be careful and thanks him for coming to save her and he gives the cutest little smile that was also another cute moment because first of all she's she's selfless yona as always you know she's breaking down a little bit here but she's like okay i need to get to hawk mm-hmm. uh and then he is now and now jiha's taking care of her as well because he's like okay it would not be good for you to go there don't worry <laughs> we'll bring him to you <laughs> everybody looking out for one another you love to see it yeah everybody does look out for one another yeah and i love specifically that she's also thinking of hawk's mental state because she knows what happened last time Hawk was around Suwon, Suwon, and that's why she's worried. She's like, look, he was close. I'm worried about Hawk. (laughs) Yeah. I always appreciate the times when they, like, know each other super well, and she's like, this Mm -hmm. is a concern. (laughs) Like, I should be concerned. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the opposite side of that, thinking of her being okay made him okay and be able to, like, emotionally handle being around Suwon. Yeah. They're good for each other. Um, So next, Hawk is relieved that Lily was caught. I don't know if I mentioned this last week because I was talking about people's reactions. I was talking at least about Suan's reaction of being like, okay, thank God things like we're good. I don't remember if I talked about Hawk. So if I did, I'm sorry. But I do like that when he catches her, he just goes, phew. Like, he's so relaxed because all he has to do is what he's good at. He has to be strong and fast and follow directions. And he's like, this is what I've trained for my whole life. Like, this, I've got this. And also, like, he and Suwon grew up together. So he's used to working with Suwon. So, like, he's like, if Suwon had the plan, then all I have to do is follow through and we'll be good. So the fact that he's just like, yeah, of course it worked out. Like, I'm sort of glad, but he doesn't have this, like, like breakdown that Suwon and Yona both sort of, sort of have. Like, it's really yeah. small. But they're both like, oh, thank God everything's fine. And he's just like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, 
I really like that. It's it's such a mm-hmm. good like character touch that they all have different responses to Lily being saved, but they're all like slightly different and perfectly in character. Okay, and then Hawk is threatened by a soldier and is saved by Gente. Okay, so for some reason when the soldier says you came here unarmed, I remember someone explicitly saying you think he's unarmed. That doesn't happen. So <laughs> like a bootleg translation of it at one point. I don't know why I remember that. But I do appreciate the like underlying idea of them being like, actually, he's not unarmed. He has a bunch of freaks behind him. Yeah. <laughs> he does not need his glaive. Uh, Hawk and Ginte talk about Lily and it feels really weighty and it took me a minute to realize that the last time Ginte saw Hawk was the fire tribe arc when Suan refused to discuss anything so Ginte has been operating under plausible deniability this whole time mm-hmm. about Hawk being alive but now in full view of Suan he's having a conversation and he sits down for a chat so like I'm pretty sure that's why it's weighty. Did mm-hmm. you have another reading of this or did you not feel like it was like heavy? It didn't feel heavy to me, but it also didn't occur to me how long ago it's been since they've interacted. <laughs> so with that yeah. in mind, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I feel like this is him committing to be like, yes, I know that Hawk is alive. And with that comes probably this responsibility that I should kill him. <laughs> but... Um, Obviously, he's not going to. Although he does later joke about, he like jokingly calls Hawk a random slave, going along with like Moondock's joke about random kid, you should get out of here. <laughs> like, sort of joke about not knowing it's him. But yeah, everybody knows. Everybody knows, everybody knows. It Moondock specifically was a fun little moment because I was just like, oh, this is where Hawk gets it from. Because that's what he did with Tejun way back when. He was like, what? This second son? Never heard of him in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, this is something from Moondock. So yeah, Moondock just being like, random boy who I've never met before in my life. <laughs> Gender joy in my soul. I engendered a well of joy. Uh, then we get a villain monologue from Kashibi where he's afraid if the fort falls, Coco will attack in retaliation and they'll all be killed. So he orders the soldiers to attack. Which honestly, I thought that they already were, but like, I guess. Intent- I thought so too. I'm really confused by everything that's going on with Kashibi. <laughs> we, we, we had this issue last chapter too with like attack and not attack. I know, and I feel so bad because this is the best arc, and I don't want to criticize it. But like, what is Kushibi doing? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, whatever, we're gonna ignore it. The soldiers are attacking. Unfortunately for the soldiers, everyone adores Hawk and Lilisa Mundaki or Ed Tetra step in to help Gente protect the two, and it rules. Hawk hands Lily off, grabs a weapon, and then it is Ginte Hawk Moondock. And I point this out because it's the return of Cheapskate Hawk. One of the first bits of characterization we got is that he doesn't do work for free. And it is delightful every time it comes back because he basically does nothing but work for free in the story. 
So I love that he always jokes about being like, you got to pay, pay me fairly. Like, I don't work for free. But he yeah. obviously does. Like, and I missed it the first time I read this, but he, I didn't realize that Moondock literally does hand him candy. I thought it was just a joke. <laughs> but nope, next to him, he's just sitting there casually munching on some candy while they're like kicking ass. He is the grandpa. He also handed off candy to uh, Yoon. Yoon, yeah. Chapters ago. Yeah, he just carries around Werther's in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Were those like awesome little strawberry ones with the filling in the middle? Oh, yeah. They're good. Yeah. Although, I to be honest, if we're talking Asian candies, they'll probably do tamarind candy. Oh, fair. There was a specific Asian candy that I really, it, it might be the tamarind. There was one, they're, they're little hard candies and they come in different flavors. And the only flavor I'm remembering is that it also had a, is it a durian flavor? Which was the nastiest fucking thing I've ever seen. But they had other flavors that were not the nastiest thing I've ever seen. It took so long to get that durian taste out of my mouth. Like I understand why they can't i've seen it and i was like did you actually try it you did try it okay i did try it it took several things (laughs) like several drinks of water several bites of what i ate for lunch to get that taste like i understand and that was just the like essence of it and that candy like i can't imagine the real thing like i understand now why in parts of asia you're not allowed to take those things on public transport (laughs) yep there are some hotels that won't let you bring it in either because it just leaves. I brought some durian candy back as a joke. I didn't think it was that bad, though. But I had, like, a soft candy, so maybe it was not intense. As intense. Maybe my taste buds are dead. I don't know. Yeah, it's delightful <laughs> to see Hawk literally. Like, and yeah, he's just casually munching. Trouble is, we're surrounded. Unbothered King. We love it. Oh my God, I love this moment between them where he's like, mm, you should go. And Hawk is like, yep, we do appear to be fucked, but <laughs> let's <get> <laughs> oh, I love when people are very cool in the face of like insurmountable odds. Yes. Um, also, Ninja I like Ninja. that, like, Gente seems a little morally gray in the fact that his his loyalty to Suwon isn't exactly uh, unconditional the yeah. way that Juno's is. He's sort yeah. of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back whoever I need to back. And, like, Hawk has never done anything to me, and I know that he's a good guy, so, like, I'm going to help him out right now. <laughs> I'm going to support him, even though it's probably against the best wishes of the king. So I feel like on a spectrum of people, it's like Judo right next to the king and like, I'll do anything. And then <laughs> Teo on the very far other end of being like, I will sell him out for a corn chip. And then there's like Gente that's sort of on Teo's side. Yeah. And then nebulously Kyoga, who like, who cares? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, bro. Kyoko feels like nothing, man. Because it's like we're more vested in Tejun because Tejun's the one making more moves, right? So yeah, I literally have to remind myself. Oh yeah, technically Kyoga's the chief, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm only like sixty percent sure that's his name and not their father's name. No, their father's Sujin. Okay, so it is Kyoga. Yeah, I would put 
Kyoga a little more on the side of Suwon purely because he's so dishonored by what their dad did that he yeah. he's brought that up a couple of times of like we need to repair our honor because our father betrayed the king. Yeah. Totally agree with you. I think like if you put something bright in the middle, I think probably Ginte and Kyoga are equidistant on opposite sides of the middle sides, yeah. their respective sides yeah yeah for now for now um uh let's see okay so then jiha shows up and says yona's fine and hawk hugs him Hawk is so, a big boy with a bigger heart, and he loves his annoying best friend so much. He does. I love this scene. I love Jiha showing up, also being quippy, which is like, it's been a while. Again, we love casual battles. Mm-hmm. And just him knowing immediately to turn, again, the way they all take care of each other before anything else happens, he knows to turn around immediately and be like, Yona's fine. Because yeah. that's going to be the yeah. thing that he worries about the most. I like the fact that he does turn around because he is being a little shit and he knows he's sucking with Hawk and he's like, I have this information. Oh, by the way, I have the thing that we've all been working towards and the thing that I know you want to know the most. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the way that he goes about doing it. Yeah, there's fun to it. Yeah. There's fun but to then, it. Yeah. And he's hugged and then, as I said on Twitter, uh, Jiha EXE has stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> he cannot handle affectionate hawk. No, nobody can. It's the best. But we'll get to that later because I have a lot of thoughts about that later. Uh, for now, though, I will say that <laughs> the line that Jiha thinks when he tells him that Yona wants to see him and Hawk is like, you're fucking with Liar. me. He yeah. goes, he likes to feed the unrequited part of his love. Hmm. It's just like yeah. iconic to me. I think about the line a lot. Um, and it's absolutely Hawk. Like, he fully reads him. He gets him. Uh, but also, I think it's a bit unfair because Hawk essentially got rejected to the Fire Tribe. And as far as he knows, not much has changed. All her freakouts yeah. are internal. Yeah. It's always been weird and blushy. So I will defend Hawk's inability to make a move. To my I will say, because it, it even says later in these chapters when he refuses to believe something she said. Like, it even, there's like a little error that's like the result of years of unrequited love. Because that's the thing. It was unrequited. It was unrequited, exactly. And also she's like pushed him away a lot. So I think he's just yeah. respectful of her. And he's like, I'm not reading into this because she's not into me, which is what you should do. <laughs> like when somebody says explicitly, no, I'm not feeling this, then you should be like, cool, I'm not going to push you further and I'm not going to read things into it and be like, but maybe she's changing her mind. Like, no, he's being respectful. I like that. <sighs> I have a lot of feelings about this. (laughs) Um, Okay, so now Kashibi's getting nervous. Tons of his soldiers have been killed by Hawk and everyone, and he thinks, what are such monstrously strong people doing here? What have I invited in? Love that line. It's the payoff of what we were excited for last week with we know as the audience know but he didn't and now he's realizing and you get that really cool shot of uh the coca faction again they're the avengers look at them all like 
standing back to back out in the fray just I, I just now I'm noticing that the ground is literally just dead sh- soldiers. I missed that the first yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool looking, but there's like a lot of dead bodies. Yeah, I didn't realize it the first time. Even when I posted it to Twitter, I was just like, oh, they're on like rocky ground. And now I'm looking at it. I'm like, no, oh. that's everybody they fucking killed. There are blood stains. It's fine. Oh, that's funny. um also this is another example of dehumanization except this time it's actual humans aside from jiha everyone kashibi calls monstrously strong and asks what not who have i invited in are normal humans again kuznagi blurs that line between human and monster this is when suwan steps up and introduces himself and kashibi's like oh i fucked up (laughs) i have (laughs) fucked up Uh, he asks why a king would come with so few people, and Suwan says, Four generals of Coca stand with me. Surely that's sufficient. And then it's revealed that he tried to kill Lady Lily, and Suwan threatens to decapitate Kashibi. Uh, Kashibi agrees to his fate, but Suwan pulls back and asks him to dismantle the fort instead, give back the kidnapped slaves, and come to Coca to discuss further details of, sur- of his surrender. And then that's it. Say will officially be lumped under Coca's rule. Dun, dun. He gets another uh, notch under his belt in the colonization. Uh, although Kashibi <laughs> did ask yeah. for it in this bit. Uh, also, I will point out that one of the things he says um, about him kidnapping Lily is, "I know her personally, and I and value her highly." This is how Lily and Suwan can still win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, they are in love. They're not in love. They barely They're not in love, them. but I will take my crumbs. They're in love. <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough crumbs to make a nice graham cracker crust now, okay? Yep. I'm going to make a nice apple crumble later. It's going to be great. Yeah, exactly. If I have to <laughs> use my delusions and fan fiction to serve as the filling then so be it but i've got that cracker cr- or that crumble crust there <laughs> yes um i should take this opportunity to explain that fruit should never be hot and pie is uh the devil's food oh uh, yeah but alex is a if pie you enjoy it, then go for it okay <laughs> how do you feel about like non-fruit um, pies like what about a nice french silk French silk is fine. I don't mind like cold ones, like um, like lemon meringue is also fine. Although those French, are uh, kind of dry. Like I don't really like the crust; mm. it gets to be too much. Gotcha. I had coconut a berry buttermilk in Chicago. Yeah, that was my grand specialty: coconut cream pie. But uh, yeah. I had a uh, but a berry buttermilk pie in Chicago that like changed my life it's another it's a cold one it's not a hot one um sure but like i only think of buttermilk as like the type of milk you put into a pancake mix why did i put buttermilk in the other day that i was surprised oh i made peanut butter sheet cake and surprisingly that had buttermilk in it Mm. um yeah but but it was this if anybody is ever in the chicago area there is a pie shop called the First Slice. Uh, 
my our Chicago friends, uh, Tony, uh, husband to Celine, friend of the pod, took us there. It's one of his favorite joints. And uh, so, yeah, they're mainly pie. At certain times, they do pizza as well. Um, but, oh, my God. I did have a bite of Celine's French silk, and it was delicious, but it was so rich, I would not have been able to eat a whole slice of it. Um, yeah. But that berry buttermilk, fam. I, I, I need to learn how to make that pie. <laughs> I think that yeah, would sway you. It looks like it's just like French silk flour, sugar, or French silk, good God, buttermilk flour and sugar. But like, I don't, I just, I still don't understand how milk can be your base ingredient. Yeah. If you say it's yeah. good, then. It's so good. I'm hoping to one day sway you back to pie by eating a slice of that. Um, I'm very old now, so yeah. I don't think <laughs> I can't be anymore. I'm I live in hope, but yeah. So that is the pie tangent of this uh, podcast. Yeah, I gotta Meanwhile. spread my agenda. Yes, and now you have spread yours. So, uh, oh, pie anti pie. <laughs> Remind me um, when this episode comes out to put a poll on Twitter. We'll see who wins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have to. People love pie. It's I don't know. I've seen at least a couple. I know Celine is also with you at No Hot Fruit. Nice. And I feel like there was somebody else, too, who was just like pie. Straight. Oh, and I know there's that line on Abbott Elementary, because I sent it to you, and you were like, I'm represented. So, like... Oh man, Y'all are speaking out there. of promoting things and furthering agendas, Abbott Elementary is so good. So is it? It's on my to-do list. It's on my to-do list. Yeah, I like watched it weekly. I watched it religiously. So good. So you watched it as it came out? Mm-hmm. Wow, love that. I heard no, that it's getting really like is. a rare like 24 episode season for its second season. Yeah. Nobody does exciting long Yeah. Yeah, I've just been yeah. on the periphery of it, Twitter talking about it, them all getting their Emmy nods. Like I'm I'm very excited for them. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Highly recommend it. Um okay, so I'm <laughs> getting back into it. Not quite sure where I left off, but uh, Suwon sure loves a show of power. So with Kushibi, he was like, um, I only brought four people here, but they're like destroying your people, so back off forever or we'll come with even more people and wreak even more mm -hmm. havoc. And it just, like, that's his, like, MO for every move is just sort of, like, strike fast and strike hard so that you intimidate mm -hmm. the other side into, like, not doing anything worse and it works but i just i find it interesting that it's never really examined or like i don't know it just works every time so i wonder if mm. that will ever change in the future where it's like oh this is a bad idea <laughs> yeah well it is something that i find interesting here because he's not quite acknowledging hawk and co's contribution to it 
And they have at least mm. unknowns to him were part of like his victories in Awa and elsewhere. And as he mm -hmm. insists a lot of the time, um, including in these chapters we're going on, you know, is that, you know, he doesn't need them. He doesn't need them, but yeah. they've kind of helped advance his agenda this entire time. So how much That's of true. it is just his scheming and his power, but also the fact that, you know, they've been along for the ride. True. That's a good point. I don't know. He did win back um, Ken Province without he the did. Dragon. And I'm not saying he's not a brilliant tactician, because, like, that's the thing that they've drilled into us a lot. But I'm also, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you need to humble yourself a little bit, dude. You did have some help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that he is. It just bothers me, because I'm like, okay, well, then, like, where where do we go from here? But, like, mm. we, we've talked at length. We don't need to bring that up again. But I do think that he earns his accolades. I'm Swan's number one fan. <laughs> it's not even close to true. Yeah, I was going to say that guy you told me about on Twitter. Who, uh, <laughs> no, I get a lot of people. According I mean... to allegiances. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he takes the cake. <laughs> yeah, no, I there are people out there who love him a lot. I'm very critical of Suwon, but in the same like at the same time I love him very deeply. He's like a problem child where it's like you're still my child. Yeah. <laughs> I love you so much and I want good things for you, but also you really fucked up and I want you to see consequences. Mm -hmm. And we'll see. Um okay, so then finally Hawk gets to reunite with Yona and it's very sweet. He runs. Yona's trying to keep going, but she physically can't. And Jiha smiles at them from afar. Very sweet. But the chapter ends with Judo asking Suwon, are you going to permit that man to walk out of here? Listen, I love Judo, but God, he's such a little bitch about Hawk. <laughs> he really is. Which we get into in chapter 122, By Your Side. Every time I read that chapter, I think of that song that was in, like, every AMV in 2010 <laughs> by, um, was it 10th Avenue, 12th Avenue? Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? I or am I I know. I'm sure if I were to hear it now, it would unlock a memory. I will look it up after we finish recording. Say, I will spare you all my singing voice. Um... Which reminds me, yeah, go ahead. Uh, small, small tangent, but I was over at Karen, who hopefully we will get on the pod one day. She has a lot of a lot of thoughts um, <laughs> about Yona. Um, is also a Suwon hater, by the way, because uh, that was one of the things I asked her. Because she hate after just finishing the anime, she was just like, "I hate him." And then after when she finished, I was like, "Do you still hate him?" Because obviously he grows more nuanced and everything. She's like. I do find him more interesting, but yes, I still hate him, <laughs> which is fair. But uh, I was over at her house the other day, and it popped up in my Snapchat memories, that Drunk Evan video that I sent you a little bit ago, where I'm drunkenly recapping our night, and then I like, you're so indulgent with me in this video. It's so adorable. <laughs> okay, I'll cut Pandy. You're just like, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, but at one point I say, uh, not me though, no karaoke for me because I'll never be drunk enough for karaoke. And Karen just quietly whispered, challenge accepted. So I'm worried at some point <laughs> she's going to try and get me to do karaoke. I think you have fun with it. I think you should try karaoke. Lord. <laughs> I have. I did do an karaoke. entire. I've never been great enough to do it alone, but I've done karaoke. Yeah. I've always done like duets, I think. I did I say do I because I swear, like the person who was supposed to sing with me kind of dropped out, so it was basically just me. Oh, that's okay. I did do an entire like self performance in my home of Sugar Daddy because it came on. Mm-hmm. My it reminded me, uh, Alex that was, always said that would be her karaoke song. We did that karaoke didn't count because we were in the home in somebody's home. Doing yeah, okay. Well, if that, I mean, that, if that doesn't count, then I guess my other thing doesn't count. I did forget about that night. Um, oh, I was gonna say, I technically count. did karaoke then, but I don't think yours can count because you did a full song. I just did part of a, uh, <laughs> I did part of a song. I did Nicki Minaj's rap. Monster, yeah. But that didn't count. Yours can count, though. But she always said that would be uh, her karaoke song. Uh, and it would be mine, too. Sugar Daddy from Hedwig and the Angry Itch. It is I do a, doing that. Looking back on that, is, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that in public. <laughs> well, you should have seen me in the safety of my home. Yeah. It is It is a production to sing that song. <laughs> You gotta. But there's a lot of like dipping up. Hey, sugar daddy. <laughs> it's so fun. I'd have a feather boa as I did it if I could. But nobody will ever see it. <sighs> well, I think you should try karaoke. I am yeah. the shyest person you'll ever meet. And I do cry when I have to do public speaking. And I've done it a few times. The other time, by the way, was Party in the USA. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Were you, were you nodding your head and moving your hips? No, I was trying to figure out what the other person was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Dropped out. Yeah. Okay, so long oh. story short, it was, we went, there was a karaoke bar in Tonga. There was exactly one that was next to a, the, the Korean restaurant that, again, there was exactly one. Um and so they booked a room and it was towards the end of my service so like half of our group we came in with 15 people and i want to say like there were like five people still left in the country who hadn't um ended their service and flown home yet and so we were hanging out with the uh the new group so they were all very vivacious and ready to party because they were in a new country and very excited about starting their next two yeah. years and then there was the rest of us <laughs> we're like okay so i went to karaoke with these uh bright-eyed youngsters and i remember vividly thinking oh my god i am too old to be here <laughs> And then I sang Party in the USA with one of them that I don't remember which one. And I felt really weird about it because they were their own group and I was like an interloper and I was like, I really shouldn't be. <laughs> and I think that's when I tried soju. I was telling you the other day that I found soju here and the only other time oh, I tried yeah. it was that night. Yeah, weird stuff. 
Also, I heard that one of the, like, people who worked in the office in Tonga said that I was a really good dancer, and I thought the guy, I flat out thought the kid who was in the new group was lying to me, and I was like, okay, relax. And he was like, I'm dead serious. She said very serious. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I was like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> also okay relax is one of my favorite reactions that you can give to somebody <laughs> Mine uh, too. it was an iconic time when uh i was puking my guts out in alex and our friend kerrigan's toilet and our friend ryan was trying to comfort me and i forget what he said about he said something that made oh, you go home I remember. So I was what passing by the bathroom and he was trying to get you to like get up and out of the bathroom because I want to say Kerrigan and I wanted to brush our teeth. You guys needed to like, brush your teeth and go to bed. Yeah. So he was trying to coax me out. He was being really nice. I just can't ready for bed. And as I was passing by, he said, Come on, let's let's dance. And I said, Aw. He goes, Okay, relax. <laughs> <laughs> probably the funniest reaction that I have ever garnered. Exactly. <laughs> it's just something about okay, relax. That just it's so funny. <laughs> but yes, he invited you to dance as he was also insanely drunk himself. Like he was all over drunk, so it came out a little slurred. Yeah, and then Kerrigan and I were like, we want to murder both of you, but like, yeah, God, it it is a wonder that man survived. He said the same thing when the one time we met him after college, where he was like, yeah, I don't know how I used to drink the way I used to like. Truly, the amount of alcohol the other day, and I remember the night he like chugged straight vodka, and I was like, I don't know how he survived that. Exactly. Was that the night you threw up on all of your stuff? Yeah. <laughs> uh, good times. So good. Oh. <laughs> it was very funny. It was all good. I gave him the box of stuff and I was like, it's your vomit, you get to clean it. He was like, yeah. yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta put a warning timestamp in our podcast about this. Some people don't enjoy listening to talk about puking and i respect that <laughs> and i respect that uh, uh, but you know who's not puking right now judo and Sulaim. <laughs> <laughs> no judo's just ready to uh cut a bitch yeah yeah so he is reminding suan of that time in the water tribe arc where he where suan promised to cut hawk down ironically he literally cut lily down instead but i don't think kuznagi did that on purpose i just thought it was funny Mm -hmm. uh judo goes in swords at the ready and interestingly enough it's suan and gente who try to stop him gente's like be cool and judo's like i've never been cool a day in my life (laughs) And again, you've got what you mentioned just uh, a little bit earlier tonight um, about Ginte being a little more in the middle. Because right now he's like, look, Hawk just helped us save Lily. Mm-hmm. Like what you're saying is valid, but like today we're not beating ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like he's not doing anything. He's not a threat. 
yeah we have to let him be and i think it also speaks to gente's sense of honor of like he helped us Mm -hmm. we cannot raise a hand to him right now right yeah you're right it would be like pretty cowardly if they decided to kill him after everything good point um so judo says the man we should be most wary of is right there and hawk looks vaguely pissed but yona sweet yona looks shocked and sad which as you were talking about the tragedy of yona earlier extends to (laughs) old babysitter judo (sighs) yeah yona just spends this entire section mourning the way things used to be then Judah says, someday Hawk will be a threat to his majesty's life. Before that can happen, I'll do all I can to kill him. It's so interesting that they're only focused on Hawk. Because honestly, Yona's the bigger threat to Suwon's throne. I think I've probably brought this up a couple times. But, like, I do think it's so interesting that they're, like, along with Yona, people are so focused on this, like, physical threat that they don't think of, like, she has the actual birthright. She's the political threat. Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah. Well, okay. That's a good point. She's the political threat. Well, even then, Suan really does not take her that seriously. Clearly. Yeah. I just think it's so interesting that nobody seems to take Yona as a threat. But they do take Hawk as a threat, which is fair because he could strangle Suan with just one hand. <laughs> Um, okay, so then uh, Suwon tells Judo to stand down, and Judo asks, You still haven't gotten past your feelings, which, like, boyfriends. But anyway, Suwon says, No, because you're gonna get yourself fucking killed if you keep going, because the Wind Tribe is like ready to throw hands for Hawk. Yeah, I love that. And he's like, Look at how much animosity <laughs> it's aimed at you right now. And then he also brings up. Yeah. I feel like I remember reading and- this the first time and I was going through and it was like, uh, no, I'm going to stop you right here. Look around you. And then like it cuts to the wind tribe who looks super cool. And I remember being excited by that the first time. I yeah. And it's the way it's set up is per a perfect enc- encapsulation for what's happening too, because judo's completely just in his own head right now so we're just seeing his reactions and then bam we're actually (laughs) seeing everybody like it's not just judo and now he is having to look at the outside world not just what his own desires are it's brilliant i love when stories do that i think it's so cool and it's so masterful i i feel like i try and play around with it sometimes when i write fan fiction but i don't think that i do it very well so i think it's a hard thing to do to be like to have somebody be like really focused and narrow-minded and then have somebody else like open pull back the curtain a little bit yeah Yeah. like like pull back and sort of do a wide shot if like we're going with tv terms because that's all i know um (laughs) a bad author um but yeah i feel like it's really hard to toe the line of like not having it be heavy-handed and obvious that that's what you're trying to do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i feel like it's just like kuznagi does it really masterfully the other example that i can think of is there's a moment in uh, the raven cycle i want to say in the third book where one of the bad guys is like thinking about something and then she starts thinking about 
maybe killing someone or something. She starts thinking really dark thoughts. And then she's like, wait a minute. I don't think those are my thoughts. <laughs> it's like, it turns out that's this other thing that she's like made a deal. I want to say she like makes a deal with the bees. Fucking, I don't know. Like those books are great, but I really do not remember them. Oh, there's a moment. Did you ever read that book I sent you? It's called like something. Is it like something grace? No. No, I promise I'll get around to it eventually. There, uh, well, then I can't, I can't explain it in detail, but there is a moment that I really loved where uh, she's in, where one of the characters is in a bit of a situation that she doesn't realize right away. She's just kind of looking at what's around her and then just kind of examines it more fully and it's just like oh shit like i am in a bad spot yeah 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 i think that stuff is so much fun it's so hard to do or maybe i'm just a bad writer i don't know but i think it's really hard to do (laughs) um but but yeah the the wind tribe's ready to throw hands i also love that Suwan at least acknowledges the power of the happy, hungry bunch here because he's also like, look, they're also looking at you and if like, we won't get out of here alive (laughs) if we try to fight them. And then you get another cool shot. Gija's got his hand out. Okay, you have that panel up. I do want to bring attention to the fact that Zeno is not back yet. So Yoon has sort of taken his place. (laughs) And I was like, why the fuck is Yoon there? Like, he should not be there. But I think he might, like, he has a weird expression. I think he might be scared, but he's, like, still trying to stand up for his boy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm reading this right, but I do think it's very cute. I like the idea of him being like, okay, I'll stand up and I'll, like, have his six. But, well, no, that'd be his three. He's not behind Hawk. But anyway, (laughs) the point stands is like, he's like, all right, I'm going to stand up for my boy, but I'm going to get cut down by Judo immediately because I have (laughs) no weapons and no training and I am a small pretty boy with soft hands. (laughs) (laughs) I also literally forgot that Zeno is not with them yet. I guess I kind of glossed over Yoon in the back. So again, that thing where the panels and the story themselves are mimicking. So when Zeno just rockets in, like two seconds after this, it genuinely took me by surprise in all of the ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. I, I forgot that he wasn't there either. And then it's like, oh yeah, that's a comeback from like two chapters ago when he mentioned I'll run back. Like it took him a while. <laughs> he missed the whole battle. <laughs> I love that. He's my favorite. I love him. <laughs> um, Okay, also, before we move on to Zeno, I do want to say that Suan explains that the tribes are almost united and it would be a bad move to make an enemy of the Wind tribe, which is smart. It would be a bad move. And he's still, like, super focused on uniting Koka. That's his main driving goal. And he's not going to let anything like killing his ex-boyfriend get in the way. Yeah, again, he's compartmentalizing again. He's put, you know, Yona's still sitting there chewing over what this all means and where they're all at and he's already just like okay i'm gonna piss off the very people i'm trying to keep you know under my thumb 
we've got to move on. Right. He's not letting emotions sway him at all here. Mm -hmm. He's like, this is the most logical step and I'm going to take it. All right. So then um, Judo and <laughs> Judo uh, takes Sulan's advice and they start to leave. Um, but first he sees Yona looking absolutely tragic and turns away visibly upset. Which is uh, your poor little meow meow. He's going through it right now. Uh, and then Yona tugs on the back of Hawk's robes and he says, I'm all right. And I think that's cute. I have a thing. So this is like kind of a shoujo trope. I don't know if this shows up in show. Well, maybe it does in like romance shonen. But it's this thing where like, I think it's because physical affection isn't like a thing in Japan. That like the girl will grab a part of the, the boy's like shirt. So like the back of his shirt or his sleeve or something like that to get his attention. And I oh, I think that's really, really cute too. There's a yeah. moment in Pride and Prejudice movie where Bingley and Jane are walking across like the room <laughs> and then it goes to him just kind of grabbing onto one of the ties of her ribbons. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cute. I love shit like that. Okay. Fair I enough. Also I also like, really love that moment. Yeah. I also love this moment here between them, you know, that I'm fine. Okay. Okay. Cause it's also um, a bit of an inverse of the last time where he went ape shit because again, she was right behind, but that time she herself was the one who had to be like, I'm okay. Cause that's what calmed his rage finally. Mm. And this time <laughs> kind of holding on to him and he's like, no, I'm okay. Like, you don't have to be worried about me now. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good point. God, they're so good. They're so perfect. Also, oh, and they're only going to get better. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm forever <laughs> crying about them. But also that book that I mentioned was Strange yeah. Grace by Tessa Bratton. Got one of those books. Yes. It came to and me. It out. is on my reading list. I need to get through Heartbreakers and Fakers first, which I've been reading for like six months now. <laughs> which, no offense to the author, because she's a great author and I really liked her debut. Uh, it was it was Cameron Lund. So really, I, I loved her debut. So I immediately bought her second one. But it's it's fake dating, and also the the main girl is like really shallow and obsessed with popularity and it's just kind of rough to get through and i'm like okay it's fine and it's good that like we're reading a different archetype from the normal like nerdy girl who doesn't know that she's beautiful but like i don't know it's a little exhausting like it's it's kind of hard to root for her to be honest oh also the inciting incident is that she gets kind of she gets blackout drunk and uh, makes out with her best friend's boyfriend while she also has a Ooh, boyfriend. Yeah. So it's like really hard to sympathize. Yeah, get yeah. And I think you don't have to necessarily go with the old tropes to make them likable. I mean, book lovers, Emily Henry, she's specifically taking the like sort of cold queen that gets left for the small town sweetheart. And I found Nora likable from the get go. Yeah. But so, so it's like, I'm not saying that, you know, you have to always go. Yeah. The nerdy girl who doesn't know she's beautiful, but like, there are some characters that I'm automatically just going to be like, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. I feel like like something that does the popular girl trope well is Emma, but that's because she yes. like actually cares about people. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like she has a good heart. But this character same with Cher Horowitz and Clueless, which is based on Emma. But that that's right. the perfect way to do a modern day, like, popular girl who's vain and whatever. But, yeah, Cher was right. always a nice person. Like, she she never tried to, like, steal Ty's man or anything. Although, you know, Ty certainly feels that way. But she's like, this is just a girl that I want to help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I agree with you. So I think that's why I'm struggling to finish it. I didn't, I haven't talked about this out loud, so I didn't realize it, but <laughs> now I know. Uh, um, yeah. You should let me know if it ever gets better. I'm just struggling to read actual things. Like I've, I've started like four or five different books in the past like two months and like can't get past. I did book lovers did help me. I was going to put that one off. I was going to read like one of my fantasies or whatever, but I brought book lovers to Chicago and I did finish that. And that one was good, but now I'm having trouble picking up another book and I, I need to make. I know, I <laughs> she's such a good writer. Like she get. Oh, speaking of her, I found out that she, she's done a whole bunch of things before her adult romance novels. So she did like young adults. Um, and there's oh. one called a million Junes and I went into it blind and I, <laughs> I was on the the um, elliptical at the gym a couple days ago, and I was listening to it. And spoilers, if you want to listen to or read A Million Junes by Emily Henry, which I don't think anybody even knows exists, let alone is worried about spoilers. But if you are, um, uh, they kind of like, it, it's sort of like fantasy, I guess urban fantasy, but only like she is affected by it but it's basically these like feuding families it doesn't matter anyway she gets sort of like thrown back in time with this guy that she like is supposed to be mortal enemies with but they have a thing going on and they go back to something in his past and it's his sister dying of cancer laying on the ground in their bathroom as she's like puking up all of her like guts and she's crying and she's saying make it stop and the dad comes in and is like I know honey like trying to come for her I was on the elliptical like holding choking back tears and I was like I am not strong enough for this I can't fucking do it <laughs> I had to turn it off so I don't think I can ever finish that <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i've been getting into audiobooks a lot lately and that's been really helping so through the library because audiobooks are fucking expensive and i refuse to pay for them yeah i can't do audiobooks i wish that i could it's like i don't it never matches the like voice i should i feel should be narrating hmm so it's just like, well, because I'm also one of those people, like, I completely visualize the characters and everything. Like, a lot of times, like, when they're, like, I'll even try and, like, look up, like, you know, actors with brown hair and green. Like, I need somebody to visualize for a character. Yeah. Like, it's a necessity. Or, like, if a dress is described in detail, like, I need to picture what that dress looks like, that sort of thing. So I think that's yeah. where I kind of get hung up on audiobooks because I feel like it doesn't fit what I want to picture. Okay. That's fair, actually. 
It's a weird hangout. But because of it, I'm in a reading slump. And I have started four or five books that I have not been able to finish. Yeah. Oh, I, I was also listening to a bunch of Allie Hazelwood books. Oh, gotcha. Uh, which are not great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody pointed out on Twitter that she knows how to write exactly one type of relationship, and she's done that four uh, times in a row. <laughs> like, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's not right. Well, that's been Book Tangent, which has joined Pie Tangent and. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're never going to end this episode because uh, I have a lot of notes. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. We should get back into it. Okay, so um, uh, okay, also cute with Yona. She finally sees the Wind Tribe and they all bow to each other and Yona's crying again. Hang Day yeah. doesn't have manners. It's so sweet. Oh, I yeah. Did. I missed that the first time where Tayu has to push his head down. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, because he's like a puppy dog incarnate boy. You know, he was just like, Yona! <laughs> Tayu's like, you gotta be fucking yeah. respectful. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. And then from bittersweet to very funny, Zeno finally shows back up and basically tackles Suan. And yeah, uh, so yeah Zeno is Zeno is Zeno, and he is very casual about knocking over the king. Suan yeah, puts it together very quickly that Zeno's a dragon. What's that? Oh, I just like his line just going, huh, Zeno overshot. <laughs> <laughs> yep doesn't he also look up after that and he's like oh it's the king <laughs> yeah, like, he sure does <laughs> so casual he about no yeah my dude this might as well happen uh, which is fair I mean if you can't die I'd probably go through life like that too um and then uh Suwan says you're a dragon and he's like who told you <laughs> <laughs> like his face where, <laughs> when Suwan says Gijo told him he's like oh <laughs> cool <laughs> um, and then uh, um, oh yeah okay so I do I do have a theory that Suwan puts it together very quickly because he knows Koka's lore and he's like alright there's another dragon this like weird person sort of fits um let's go with it i bet he's a dragon because mm -hmm. he puts together very quickly for like no reason <laughs> i also like that before he goes off he just checks that there's no problem because do you want the four dragon warriors huh no not at all and he just smiles like okay i'm leaving now <laughs> yeah. like just got he's a quick like, cool. of like okay are you, yeah are you going to be a problem no okay peace <laughs> exactly it's so fun because we now know what Zeno's whole deal is so we know exactly what he's doing but Suwan does not so he's like who the fuck is yeah. this and meanwhile we're like he's testing yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> I love it 
And then Xena's reunited with his family. He gets scolded by Yoon, gets corrected that he did not fly by Jiha, and he gets a hug from Hawk. Um, speaking of things I'm a sucker for, like the um, like Yona holding onto Hawk's robe, I love when people are baffled by hugs but automatically hug back. So Xena has mm-hmm. no idea why Hawk is, you know, suffocating him, but he still reaches up like, yay, why though? <laughs> so cute uh later when they're all camping for the night yona finds out everyone's getting hugs from hawk but her <laughs> she's like oh and jiha tries to tease her about it but she flips out because she has heart-shaped feelings for him that she is embarrassed by i love that uh jiha is surprised by her intense reaction <laughs> he was probably expecting her to be a little annoyed but she was like if you keep going i will kill myself <laughs> It's such a teenage girl thing to like, no, do not tell the guy I like him that I like him. I will die. <laughs> I will die. <laughs> it's like perfectly teenage. Uh, and then she falls asleep to the absolute fucking chaos of everybody. <laughs> I just want to point out in the background, in case you missed it, that Zeno shoves Owl riding in a teacup into Sheena's face for some reason, and then grabs a bottle of what is probably liquor and runs away while Yoon desperately tries to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Oh my god, that's delightful. He looks so happy to have that liquor. <laughs> he's like i will cause problems on purpose (laughs) (laughs) oh my god goodness Uh, also this moment between uh jiha and yona he's just teasing at first and then you know realizes that she's serious and then he says why do i suddenly feel like my whole heart's being wrenched but as long as she'll let me see her smile I couldn't wish for anything more. That's his inner monologue. And so a couple chapters ago or a couple episodes ago, I have no sense of time anymore. Um, I I brought up the idea that Jiha never tries to get Yona for himself or has no actual intention. And you had like questioned it or was like, you know, something to consider for later. Uh, And I stand by that, especially because of this scene. Like, I don't think he ever intended or never intended to go for Yona himself. He's just, you know, it hurts him, but he's just content as is. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, so it was interesting to hear your take on it now that we've gotten further. I don't remember that conversation. I don't... I don't know that I had a problem with you saying that he doesn't want her for himself or doesn't make a move I don't remember what my issue was so we can ignore it okay but yes it's always good to know what you think I do appreciate your opinions on Yona and Jiha because you are a fan and I am not so I like hearing what the other side thinks yeah fed I, I would have supported alliance but <laughs> and you are getting fed these past couple chapters there's some good like but maybe jihad would be a good option um 
Okay, sorry, not to not to bring it back to Zeno, but that appears to be what we're doing. We keep bringing it back to the people we're most interested in. I did wonder if Zeno was causing chaos on purpose to rile everybody up into making a bunch of noise so that Yona knows that she's not um, alone anymore because he does Aww. have a lot of experience with loneliness. I love and so that. It would, it would make sense. This is my headcanon for why he's like bashing his thing right now. I'm accepting it with both hands and a full heart. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Later, Yona wakes up, convinced she's still alone. People are out to get her. PTSD. PSTD. Oh my god. Our old friend. She looks in on everyone sleeping, which calms her, but she doesn't find Hawk. When she does, she says, I want to touch you. Can I stay with you? Shocking end of chapter. She also looks gorgeous, by the way. She's probably been shown as having hips before, but I feel like here I'm just like, this girl has hips. Like, she's a woman. Which sounds really creepy now that I say that out loud and I might have to cut <laughs> <laughs> But, like, she looks good. Her waist is snatched. She's got, like, a nice hourglass figure going on. She looks beautiful. Which is funny, considering we go into the next chapter and she's like, don't come near me. I'm a disgusting creature. Yeah. <laughs> like, she looks great. She looks great. All right. Any final thoughts before we move on to 123? Mm-hmm. Nope. Let's do it. Okay. Yep. The next chapter is called Inexpressible Feelings, which is pretty apt. Um, yeah. So the beginning of the chapter picks up. <laughs> and she's like, can I touch you? And then realizes what she said. And she's like, nope. Forget I ever said that. He's <laughs> like so embarrassed which she's grown so much from her early days saying intensely romantic and or sexual stuff to hawk without any embarrassment because she didn't get it but now she does her words mean things at one point she's just gonna wake up in a cold sweat and remember the time that she said like give yourself to me (laughs) back in the beginning when she was like what? No, that literally happens. I think you just forgot. <laughs> no, I yeah, know Zeno she reminds her. Oh, that is true. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Zeno's like, hey, remember when you said this? And she's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my poor girl. <laughs> Right. So also as a callback to early days, he checks her for a fever, but he does it with his hand instead of <laughs> with his face like she did to him back in Ixu's place. Um, he can't believe that she'd say something like that. So if she doesn't have a fever, he must be delusional. Yeah. And again, there it is, that little box that I mentioned, the results of having one-sided feelings for many years. <laughs> This it's legit that he would believe it ever quiet because it literally was because it literally was this isn't much of a spoiler because now we know that yona loves him back but uh i do know at one point in one of the sidebars kuznagi says i think some people were confused by whatever line she wrote at some point yeah and they <laughs> think that like yona had a secret crush on hawk but that's not true she really did not yeah. like him for a very <laughs> the way she's so blunt about it just cracks me up <laughs> 
And then they have a super fun moment where Yona remembers she hasn't bathed in a while and she's like, I can't let my crush just smell me like this. So she tries to dodge him. And my favorite part of this is when he's sitting super far away and she tells him to come closer and there's an arrow pointing at Hawk that says weak as he immediately shuffles forward. (laughs) 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 The strongest boy in the country is weak for a little girl. He's so weak for her. Also, I love, because this happens at least one other time uh, in the future where she like, if she's determined to avoid Hawk, this girl gets like fucking superpowers. <laughs> yep. Like even he says he's like, "What the fuck? You're as fast as Hung Day or Hang Day." Yep. And then he asks if she got dragon powers. <laughs> yeah, because she's able to when he's tugging on her, and he's like, "How are you able to tug as hard as me?" <laughs> Sheer force of will. Sheer force of will. <laughs> also, I love how angry he gets too. Because uh, mm-hmm. uh, it says uh, the true, true feelings bursting out is what the little arrow says. Uh, he's like, Am I not allowed near you anymore? Like, <laughs> poor boy. I know. Uh, I love that he's pissed. He's like, are you joking? <laughs> you're trying, you're making me feel bad about myself and you're trying to run away from me and you won't let me hold you after you've been kidnapped and gone for, you know, days on end. And I thought it was my fault and you were going to die and you won't let me hug you or be near you because you think you smell? Of course you do. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> Also, him angrily yelling, I was just going to take your hand. (laughs) Right. He's like, you brought this on yourself. You didn't want to hold hands with me, so now I just have to, like, forcibly snuggle you until you calm down. (laughs) Also, I love love that that's his... uh, He's not trying to do the, like, sweet thing. I'm like, no, you don't smell bad. He's just like, yeah, you do. We all smell bad. It's so good. Um, it's so it's one, it's so hawk, and two, like they've known each other forever. And he's like, he doesn't have to sugarcoat it. He's of course exactly. like, like when she says she's felt I love that he just looks at her uh just uninterested and he goes, Why did you fart? Like <laughs> they've known each other since they were children and <laughs> like they've been gross little goblins together for years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking uh, of, uh, there was a Manwa moment that I was reading. I forget which one I was reading. Uh, it was called Bloody Sweet. Uh, but the like vampire in it is complaining. He's like, I'm nothing but a burden to you. And he's talking to the his love interest, the main character. And then there's another character there with them. And the other character goes, you've been a burden from the get-go. Don't be silly. <laughs> the main character's like, what? That's rude. But, like, same thing, where it's just, like, it's meant to comfort, but it's also, like, kind of an asshole-ish thing to say. Yeah. Um, Uh, Delightful. I was re-listening to the Fruits Basket podcast, because I don't know why I just, like, started listening to it, and then I listened to the entire thing. There was no reason for it, but um, I did. And at one point, point, um, Yuki has this fear of being a burden to people around him and he admits it to Kakaru who is his buddy um 
<laughs> the second season and uh, uh Kakaru immediately goes like I'm so burdened and he like does this over the top performance and it makes Yuki be like okay shut the fuck up um and it like is a way to get him out of this negative thinking of like oh I am a bird and it's sort of like yeah mm-hmm. it's a it's a way to call it out to be like you're dumb for thinking that like who cares <laughs> <laughs> yeah also Yuki should have ended up with Kakaru but whatever that's mm-hmm. another podcast for another day <laughs> um yeah so <laughs> yeah hawk is like you're so fucking stupid um oh oh also when when he says that she's been way grosser in the past uh her face looks exactly like Suwon's face a few chapters ago where i was like i feel like yona makes this face too they do the same face where they're like stop talking about it <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute they're like distressed face comedically distressed um, and then Hawk hugs her and she says, fine, but don't touch my hair. And he immediately buries his face and hands in her yeah. hair. This scene reminds me of the scene right before they fall off the cliff in the first arc. Uh, because Hawk like pushes her up against a wall and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get off me. And she was clearly uh-huh. not feeling it. Um, and here she's saying, get off me. But they both know that she doesn't mean it. She's just worried about uh-huh. like him having to endure it so it's like it's a it's a rare good example of the girl being like no get off me but uh, like secretly she doesn't want to and he knows that she doesn't want to and so they just yeah he's she's literally clinging to his uh the uh clothing across his chest like oh i didn't notice that i thought she was just sort of like there oh she's got her little hands right there but yeah, she's saying no, but she actually means yes. And this is not just like a rapey excuse. <laughs> this is for real for once. Yeah. And I love him. Contrary Hawk to the end. <laughs> love Contrary Hawk. Don't put your face on here. Okay, fine. Immediately does it. <laughs> I have always been impressed by the joke that Hawk says that he, it, she goes, you're not listening. And he goes, um, I can't hear so well. I've been here. I was hearing things earlier. I don't know why, but I think that joke is so clever and it, it so deeply nice. impresses me. <laughs> um, and then also the way that he touches her face here. <sighs> if she wasn't already in love with him, she would be. Yeah. Good God. He's being so, he's cute. Cause he, he immediately does a, a Zeno impression. Hmm. He's also nice young lady. <laughs> And then she, she reciprocates because she says imitating Zeno will not help young fellow. <laughs> uh, these yep. adorable little nerds. Yeah. They're so cute. Okay, so then he points out that her eyelid is swollen and her leg is injured. She tells him it's not his fault. He says, uh... He says that she's cool. And she goes, really? With those big black eyes she gets when she sees or hears something particularly exciting. I think it might be my favorite expression of hers. I pointed it out in like the third chapter. But like, I love this expression where she's just like, really? 
I remember I've seen it in real life because Anne Hathaway said she got it once when she was working on, I think it was Ocean's 8 and she had just like had a baby and she said she wasn't very confident about herself and she was in some jeans and she came down and Sandra Bullock was like, uh, looking good mama. And, um, Kate Blanchett said, nice jeans Hathaway. And then Rihanna goes, Ooh, girl, you got an ass. And Anne Hathaway's <laughs> recapping this. And she goes, She's like, I freaked out. I was like, Really? And she did this exact expression. But then apparently Rihanna said, You got an ass like me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that. So I too would make Yona face <laughs> if Rihanna told me I had an ass. Yeah. Although. No one will ever tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) No one will tell me that either. I was bitching about this the other day. Like, it sucks getting old. Not that I ever had a big ass or anything, but it was was at least kind of cute and perky. It's not perky anymore, friends. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's sad. And then I watch my, I look at my fucking sister who's 16 and like starting to like get her like figure and I'm just Mm -hmm. like. I hate everything that you are. (laughs) You don't even appreciate it. God. Girls in high school, middle school, y'all are all fucking beautiful. Like y'all don't even fucking know. Yeah. It is weird that you like never think that you're beautiful at the age that you are. I mean, some people do and that's really impressive, but. Or even like weight wise, like I look back to, I thought I was fat in high school. Yeah. And I look back now and I'm like, what the actual fuck? (laughs) (laughs) What was wrong with my eyes? I also wonder that because I remember you in high school and you were not. I was not. It was not at all. That I get that. But yeah, because I was conditioned to think that like your stomach had to be flat, I guess. And because it wasn't, because I was just a normal teenage girl. I was like, oh, I'm fat. Also, well, to be fair, uh, the low-rise jeans were still a thing. I think if high, high-waisted yeah. jeans had been a thing back then, maybe I would have felt better about myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah... So yeah, high school girls just don't know. But sorry, this ain't about me. This is about Yona. (laughs) She's so happy to be called cool by Hawk. The coolest girl he's ever met. The coolest girl. Uh, And then Hawk tells her it's been a long time since she was so worried about her looks. And she thinks, back then, the only things I was concerned about were pretty clothes and my unmanageable hair and trying to spend time with Suwon. Talking to Suwon always made me feel so happy. I enjoyed it so much. I looked forward to it. Whereas when I'm with Hawk, he's a little different. I feel like I can't really breathe. I get too nervous to say anything, but I still want to be right there with him. I think it's fun that she's worried about her hair again in this chapter. But like she says in this like internal monologue, it's different now. It's different. She was trying to impress Suwon. She was worried about it being frizzy and unmanageable. But with Hawk, she's worried about like being gross and it negatively impacting Hawk. She always worries about her hair when she's around a boy she's she likes, Mm -hmm. and I think it's a cute like through line. And I like that just loving Hawk feels different as well because she's like she never you know she just looked forward to Suwon, but like. Hawk, she's having those, you know, classic teenager, like, I feel like I can't breathe or whatever. Like, I'm glad that it feels different because it's a different kind of love now. Yeah. 
they're different people. It, it, it makes sense to me that she's not experiencing it the same way that it was before. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like she's transferring the love that she had for Suwon to Hawk now that he's in front of her. Exactly. Yeah. And I think this helps get that across. Again, Kusanagi's so fucking good at everything she does. So fucking good. Except for her oh. homophobia, but we've talked about that before. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the homophobia. Aside from the homophobia. I also love uh, in this moment where she's talking about, um, you know, I, I'm motivated to be praised more. And he goes, whatever you're motivated to do, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Hawk the bodyguard again being like, you're going to do some dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines in Fantastic Mr. Fox. If they're doing what I think they're doing, they better not be. <laughs> yeah. That's a good movie. It no is. one believed me, by the way. I still hold a grudge from college. Nobody true. believed me that it was good. Yes, Alex tried to get us all to watch it. We were like, no, it looks weird. <laughs> it's delightful. I feel like there were a couple of times we did that to you, actually. Yes. Well, we didn't believe you. I remember you specifically trying to show us a funny video and like three of us being like, is this another? Where's the chapstick? You just being like increasingly angry. Because at first I was like, no, it's funny. And the second person, no, it's funny. The third person, no, it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that sounds like me. I'm a nightmare to know. Um... Well, no, that was... That was legit because, like, we were making, we were judging you over a dumb video that, like, Kerrigan had showed us. I know, it wasn't even my fault that where's the yeah, No, it's just about you. It's a wonder you're still our friend. Uh, yeah, no, I don't blame people for not taking my uh, advice on things to read or watch because taste is subjective and I get it. Like, sometimes people will tell me to watch something and I'm like, yeah, totally and then I just don't so like Mm -hmm. I won't really hold it against people and also I love things like okay so when I (laughs) one of the girls in the Peace Corps with me we I was everybody knew that I liked Teen Wolf because it was still coming out and I was like I really want to watch the new episode and everybody was like you are stupid but yes like I agree I can't argue with that it was dumb (laughs) um so because of that I was like you should watch Shameless. It's great. And then this girl I volunteered with was like, can I trust you though? Because you do like Teen Wolf. And I was like, okay, I see where you're coming from. These are very different, like, (laughs) very different things. Um, I think she ended up liking it. I know she ended up liking Happy Endings, which I will wreck forever. Nobody will ever watch it. That's another one in college where you guys were like, fuck you. We don't want to watch this. It looks so stupid. <laughs> Best I know. And I've seen it wrecked on things that like end and do soon or like quick things to binge. And now it's just like stubbornness at this point. And I'm like, I cannot. Because like hands down the best like modern sitcom. It is up there with. Nope. It is really kind of all on its own. Like it's, <laughs> it's sort of a postmodern take on sitcoms, uh, but it is still a sitcom, which makes it very fun. Um, anyway, I sound really fucking pretentious. It's good. It's great. You should watch it. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, okay, wait, but get back to Yona because this is maybe my favorite quote of the entire series, but definitely one of them. Uh, she goes, it's no fault. It's, it's no one's fault. You'd suffer more being wary of people who are kind to you. And then I'm not actually sure who thinks this. So it might just be like both of them thinking at each other about this. But um, there's a, there's an inner thought that says, no matter how many times I'm betrayed, I'll never, ever stop trusting you. Uh, <sighs> better so- than a straight up declaration of love honestly honestly because yeah like i feel like trust is so much harder especially after what they've gone through like yeah it's gonna be hard for her to love again (laughs) but like they've both deeply been cut by like a betrayal of trust and there's so there's such power in that i'll always love the character who's had a shit life and still is nice or just anything like that, where you have every reason in the world to stop being a good person or to stop trusting, stop loving or whatever. And just choosing not to mm-hmm. in spite of that, it's just like, Oh, it's one of the most powerful things. Yeah. I think it's, it's super brave. Yeah. It's one of the cutest things. Mm hmm. And then the last bit of this chapter shows Yona looking at the necklace she gave Hawk and thinking, Hawk, you obeyed my father's orders so faithfully. When the time comes, my intention is to free you from that. What'll I do when the time comes? I'm not sure I'll be able to let you go. I think it's interesting (laughs) to establish that Yona works very hard to... um, I miss out my notes. Let me take that again. I think it's interesting that Yona works very hard to establish that she doesn't own the dragons. They follow her of her own free will. But with Hawk, she's always really possessive of him. She, yeah. I mean, like, they literally start out their journey by her saying, give yourself to me, like, completely. (laughs) He always, like, sublimates himself as you are my leader, you're my liege, and I will follow you. me as your tool, Yeah. Yeah. And so even here now, she's like, I have this power over you and I don't know that I want to let you go. So it's it's interesting to see her so possessive because, again, Hawk is different. <laughs> like, she mentions that once, that he's different from the dragons. Um, also, I believe right after the Fire Tribe arc, she mentioned something about being selfish lately and that if Hawk ever wanted anything, he should tell her, which led to, I believe, their first kiss, where he, like, kisses her on the eyelid. I'm pretty sure that's that moment. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's fun to watch the internal struggle play out with Yona between feeling like she's selfish for keeping Hawk by her side and wanting to be a better, less bratty person, and then also wanting to free him from her whims. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that continues to play out. But I do love that aspect of her character. I find it very interesting. Yes, you should. Thanks. All right. I would normally suggest our games here, but I did not prepare any because I'm trash. Uh, good. It's getting very late. And also, we've been recording for an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, because we were feeling extra tangenty this time, we will forego, and because I'm a forgetful hoe, uh, we will forego those this time. 
uh, and simply tell you to catch us on our socials, the Yona pod at Gmail and on Twitter. Uh, our personal <laughs> Twitters are instead of writing without the A, that's Alex and Witchy Evan, that's me. And we are the Yona podcast on Tumblr. And rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, y'all. Yep. Bye.